Thank you, Ruth, and good afternoon, everybody. I don't know about you, but as the year draws to a close, it always seems to put me into a slightly kind of reflective mood. And um, over the next couple of weeks, newspaper articles, internet memes, blogs and TV shows will be uh, awash with uh, things looking back, shows and articles looking back on 2016, recapping and reflecting. It does seem as though there's this moment at this time of year as the calendar year draws towards a close that we find ourselves at the hinge of a year where things are going to turn and uh, we can't help but look back and look forwards. This is really just uh, an aside but I wonder whether um, in the church's wisdom the sort of allocation of the Christmas feast to this time of year was partly a way of picking up on this sense in which things are changing in in the midst of darkness, the shortened days and the longer nights, there is a new light, a new birth coming which will extend the days and the daylight. Somehow that seems to make sense uh, of how we often find ourselves feeling at this type of year. Looking back over 2016, it's very easy to feel this sort of sentiment. What's the point? What's the point? Is the world really getting better? Is all of our effort really worth it? Uh, Are we making any progress or are things just going to the dogs? And uh, that led me to that passage in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, where Paul concludes this long chapter about uh, death, about resurrection hope, about the seed perishable, about our human mortality. He concludes the whole chapter, 58 verses of it. Be glad that we didn't have that whole chapter read this morning, uh, this afternoon. He says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Perhaps that's a message for us at the end of the year with all the ups and downs and as we're feeling reflective and perhaps even, dare I say it, sometimes melancholy when we look at the state of the world or how we've done this year. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. We do wrestle sometimes with futility. The world seems more chaotic. We can find ourselves wondering what is the point. We feel as though our efforts are in vain. We can feel like the barren woman of Isaiah 54. We can feel fruitless. So all our efforts have resulted in nothing. And Isaiah 54 is written as a message of hope to people who feel that way. Sing for joy. Burst into song. Shout for joy. Enlarge your tents for the coming children. Build barns for the harvest. Erect gallery walls on which to exhibit your works. There's a sense of confidence and hopefulness that the sense of futility, the sense of barrenness or fruitlessness with which you have wrestled is not the final word in the story. The passage addresses not our guilt, but our sense of shame, our sense of worthlessness. And perhaps this is one of the distinctions between Christmas and Easter. In Easter, the gospel addresses our guilt. We see in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ the problem of sin and death decisively dealt with on the cross. Our guilt our falling short, our waywardness is addressed, forgiven, 
the slate is wiped clean, we are set on the right path. But perhaps Christmas addresses our shame, our inadequacy, our sense of worthlessness. Shame is different to guilt. It's nebulous and amorphous, a general feeling of not being up to much, not having accomplished much, not being uh, worthy in the eyes of the world. And I think that our sense of shame is a natural accompaniment to the futility and the brokenness of the world. Some things get better, some things don't. We feel as though maybe we're not making the progress we hope. It's not like guilt. Guilt is rooted in some specific action or issue for which we can, uh, of which we can repent and for which we can be forgiven. Rather, shame needs to be addressed by a gracious gift. It's not about repairing a deficit. It's about the provision of that which we need, an abundance. Again, at Christmas, perhaps when we reflect that we receive the greatest gift of all when God comes to meet us in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, we might see that sense of uh, abundance, the abundant gift of God. And throughout this passage, God promises that our affliction, the challenges that we face, cannot shake his love for us. Do not be afraid. You will not suffer shame, God says in verse 4. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth. For the barren woman in the time of Israel was a shameful thing. So much of the role of our women in society was to be those who bore children, to be the matriarchs in their households. And God is saying, your worth, your value to me do not depend on that which you have performed, those functions that you have fulfilled. The shame you may experience will be eradicated. You will forget it. For the maker is your husband, the Lord Almighty is his name. You will be called back. With deep compassion you will be brought back. You will not be wiped and obliterated from the face of the earth as in the days of Noah, for God will not flood the earth again. He will not destroy all things. When you feel as though you are succumbing to that sense of futility or worthlessness or inadequacy, when it feels as though all your efforts have come to nothing, and you think, ah, none of this will ever be remembered, you blink and you'll miss it, the Lord says it will not be obliterated from the face of the earth. It will not be destroyed as in the days of Noah. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. When we feel afflicted, lashed by storms, not comforted, we are given a secure foundation, secure walls, secure gates, beautiful, precious in God's sight. So as we stand at the hinge of the year and we reflect on 2016 and the world at large, but also our own contribution to uh, the life of this year, let's remember that God sees all that we do in his name for him and says, well done, good and faithful servant. Your labor is not in vain. 
there is nothing for you, nothing of which you need to be ashamed. Your shame is obliterated by the abundance and the graciousness of the gift of God in Jesus. And that hopefully will be good news as the nights begin to shorten and the days begin to lengthen and as his light dawns in our hearts.